0: Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Mark Walsh is here with us on Sense of Soul today, and we are so excited. He is a public speaker, a coach, a podcast host, an author. He's taught embodied work in 30 countries and lived in seven of those. He's taught a keto training for over 20 years in five continents. He's a black belt. He has an amazing sense of humor. He is also the director of the Embodiment Conference that's starting on October 14th. I'm assuming he has not had a lot of sleep because holy shit, this conference is is a Big deal, it's got over for a thousand speakers, and we are so stoked to have you. Welcome, Mark.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: <laughs> How are you doing on sleep?
1: You know, I'm sleep's okay, I'm doing seven hours a night. Um, okay. mostly I just work and sleep, though I'm looking after myself. I'm trying to, I was swimming in the sea at 10 o'clock at night last night, and Ooh. I did get sw- swept along quite far, it turned out. But, um, night swimming, meditating, breath work, walking in the park, barefoot a little bit of uh, exercise and yoga, so I'm trying to practice what I teach with embodiment. You know, I'm like a solid six out of ten, and given what we've got coming up, I'm pretty pleased with that. So, um, yeah, given the size and the scale and scope of the event in two weeks' time, you know, I'm still standing, so that's cool.
2: (laughs) Sometimes hard to keep a balance. Right now we're having to do two episodes a week because we have just so many amazing people. And, you know, I'm like, shoot, I didn't even get to meditate today. And I usually can feel it. I'll feel it one way or the the other.
1: Yeah, I noticed the difference when I meditate in the morning. I just essentially just got to prioritize it. And hold that stuff as sacred and also there's you know false economies of like oh work longer and not do any exercise and not meditate and not you know not spend any social time and and eventually that always gets diminishing returns so I've kind of learned that lesson the hard way a few times I sometimes need to remind myself and um yeah yeah Yeah. for me also just as an embodiment teacher you know there's an integrity piece there of not uh, yes we're all allowed to be human but and there's like not going so far out of integrity and just totally getting into my head and being an online business guy the whole time.
0: Yeah. You gotta, we gotta practice what we preach, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for me, the embodiment conference, the embodiment podcast, that's a kind of key piece for me is, you know, am I anchored in my body? Am I mindful of my body? Am I self-regulating? You know, do I have a practice to improve myself and develop myself as a person through the body? So that's, that's my primary interest. And, um, you know, business, we live in the real world. It's just, I'm okay with that. It's good to run a business. It's good to do our podcasts and whatever else, but without that foundation, then, you know, it's dehumanizing and I've, I've gone away from the anchor of what I really care about. Love it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning, if you don't mind, tell us, you know, what, got you into the work you do?
1: Yeah, I'd say abject failure. So, um, you know, I was really clever cognitively as a kid. So I, I was in school. I found it very easy. My parents were teachers. I read all the books in the school and people said, you're really clever. And what I noticed was, even though I was very clever cognitively, I was a screw up. You know, I was really a alcoholic, drug addicted, awful relationships, behavioral issues. Uh, I guess they call it ADHD now. Uh, you know various low-level criminal stuff and I was miserable you know I was suicidal by the time I was 14 I guess and I thought hang on a minute everyone's telling me I'm smart and I'm wholeheartedly consuming western education in you know any form I can get it and yet I seem to be getting more and more screwed up and I thought well something else must be possible And at university, by the time I got to university, I was really disillusioned with Western education and the sort of Western, you know, body-mind split, really. I wouldn't necessarily have expressed it that way, but that would have been the heart of it. And I walked into Aikido Dojo, a martial arts school. Uh, I had very practical reasons. I wanted to learn to fight, you know, moving to the big city and kind of being involved with some illegal stuff. And what I saw in Aikido, I just fell in love with. And I thought, ah, there's something in this. Like I saw like the discipline. I thought, I need that. And that's something I'm not going to learn from a book. You know, you can't learn to kiss from Wikipedia. You can't learn leadership from a textbook. I realized the key things in life were uh, what I would now call embodied learning.
0: I find that a a lot of young people that that are kind of stuck in that same place that you're at tend to always go join the army or the navy or you know that's their go-to to get that discipline they know they need it they know they want it and so it's nice to think that there's something else out there
1: yeah i mean the british army is much smaller than the american military so it's not so easy uh, in the britain and in terms of numbers also it's kind of a hippie in some ways so the, the, like I had, I've got family in the military, so I'm not against that. But it's certainly, uh, you know, 18, that would have been an unimaginable idea. And I also see yoga being a big draw for a lot of people. There's people that are working in office and they might be 20, but they might be 40. They might be 50. And they just go, you know what? There has to be more to life than the nine to five. Or they're, are they just stressed every day? And they're in New York or London or Paris or wherever. And they're on the subway every day. And, they, and then they do a yoga class and they actually feel good. And they feel good for the first time maybe in years and maybe they sleep better and maybe their sex life starts to improve and they go, well, hang on a minute, there's something else here. And and that is normalized now. Like, you know, back when I started this stuff, it was less normal. But since then, they have had the whole mindfulness revolution and, you know, mindfulness is really the basis of what I would call embodiment. So, you know, that is now we see with the conference how popular this kind of stuff is it's, it's not weird to do yoga you guys are in Colorado right so maybe the only conscious dance was first of all was in Boulder and then it spread to Denver and before you know it it spread to the little redneck time outside of Denver you know <laughs> so it's like it's, things are spreading
2: yeah well I mean most people will seek a vice of some sort to help that anxiety and stress in their life or pain. And so and a lot of times it's just, you know, the go-to medications or the drugs and alcohol. So it's wonderful that, you know, as a man that you're able to to teach this and share your story about how, hey, I do yoga. You know, some sometimes men just need some more feminine energy, man, because it, you know, and if we need more,
1: more healthy masculine energy. The last thing we need is more feminine energy in a feminized world. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I would, you young men, it's absolutely great to send them to martial arts. And I've seen that be beneficial to young women too, as well. I think across genders, embodiment is healthy and helpful, though there is some stuff that's gendered within it. And I think coming from a home where I didn't necessarily have a healthy role model, um, role modeling is gendered, whether people like that or not. Uh, to have male figures in my life in martial arts who were healthy kind of role models. I think was very, you know, and all through the ages, you know, like young man, older man, being thrown around by 70 year olds teaches you a certain amount of respect, you know, um, but I also had female martial arts teachers too. And I'm glad, glad for them as well.
2: Well, you know, cause if you go with the other vices, all you'll find is more self hatred or lower self esteem <laughs> where you'll have a better chance of kind of looking inward and, and having more self love more self-awareness. What I love about you, though, is that you tend to really focus on discernment in the body. What is embodied coaching or what, what is this technique that you uncovered to be so successful for people?
1: Yeah, I mean, just to follow up on your point, first of all, around vices, I think we all try and self-regulate. And eventually you get to the limits of your self-regulation strategy, whether that be shopping or drugs or yoga even actually as well. So in terms of, you know, that, that urge to self-regulate is a very healthy one. Uh, and in terms of embodied coaching, okay, so whatever your change modality, whether it's coaching, therapy, facilitation, whatever, if you ignore the body, it doesn't work. It's as simple as that. So you can't talk your way out of things. So if somebody has, I don't know, any kind of issue, a confidence issue, that is, yes, it's about what they're telling themselves, but it's also about how they hold themselves, right? This is, in some ways, common sense, but it can be uh, studied and refined, and there are people, you know, masters of this art in the States and in Europe. So um, and body coaching is a, a field that uses the body in coaching, but rather than like the body is fitness, some people hear body and they think, you know, press ups and having a six pack or being a certain shape, it's actually seeing the body as part of who we are. So part of our being is how we breathe, how we move. And it's not just body language in that we don't just express ourselves with our body. We create ourselves with our body. So as a coach, if I want to help someone shift into a different way of being, not just learn a trick or a tip, I mean, you know, I can give you a quick breathing exercise to relax when you're doing a presentation. Great, easy, nice and helpful. However, on a deeper level, like who are you as a person? Let's work on that level. And that's where the body comes in.
0: Can you give us like an example? Like maybe someone.
1: Sure. What about you? You're happy to go live here? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's the challenge you have in your life? Bearing in mind, this is on the internet, so you know, you might want to change the names of the guilty.
0: Oh no, it's okay. I'm an open book. Um, I'm also in recovery and in AA, and I'm like, Me you too. know, <laughs> we have a good attitude where we just throw all of our shit out there. So here we go. Um, I have no patience. I I lack patience.
1: I, I appreciate that. I can relate to that one. Yeah, patience is for losers. Um, okay, <laughs> so. Having what you call no patience is an embodied mode, right? So you, do you tend to be more forwards or more back? Like literally physically? Like right now I can see, but you want to tell okay. me?
0: Okay, so I stand very high, shoulders up, head up.
1: It tends to be people that impatient, are on the balls of their feet. They're kind of coming forwards. And actually, yeah. if I look at how you're sitting, that's how you're sitting right now compared to Shana, who's not sitting that way. It's different. She's kind of like, oh, okay. And you're like, okay, Mark, let's do it. Fuck like, it. I don't care. Let's dive in. You're forwards, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's beautiful. That's cool. I like it. I personally like it. And it's one way of being. So first thing it's all I teach is really awareness and choice. So becoming aware of when you have that forwardsness, you know, when you have that like rushing into things. Yeah. And you, can, you can exaggerate that if you want to like, actually play with it and being like, okay. you know, If I was your therapist, I'd be like, where does this come from? Tell me about your mother. I don't actually give a shit about that stuff. Though. So all I'm interested in is you become aware you're doing it. And then if you want, try something else, like lean back. Breathe a little slower, a little deeper. It's hard to be impatient when you're breathing slow and smooth, Yeah, Feel your back against the chair, or just imagine a hand on your back, someone supportive maybe. Then you're breathing and then we can practice, right? So like if I was your coach, we could do like a simulator where you'd be practicing that urge to jump in, feeling it in your body, in your posture, in your breath, and then choosing something else. And then we'd set up a practice so you could do that on a daily basis. Like every day, let's say you buy, do you like coffee?
0: Um, can't live without
1: it. I'm with you. It's the, it's the lifeblood. So when you're ordering your coffee, you'd be like going forwards, giving my coffee. And then we turn that into a practice where you come back onto your heels, you go down and back and then practice patience every day, just in the coffee shop. And then you build that muscle. So it makes sense.
0: Oh, my God. Perfect sense. My my son's just like me, and he walks on the ball of his feet, literally.
1: Cross-cultural. <laughs> people recognize oh, that shit. I've been so in Africa, Brazil, funny. Russia. Did you see that stuff everywhere.
0: Oh, my gosh. This is just fantastic,
2: Mark. I You know, it's <laughs> so funny because I, you feel like you're so aware of everything, but this is the body part that I feel like has been missing. I do a lot of things like this. Mm. Mm.
1: Just for the audio people, she's tilting yeah, it. Yeah,
2: tilting my head back and forth. like. Hmm. Hmm. And it's so annoying. When I look back at me, I'm just like, oh my God,
1: what the <laughs> hell? Why am I doing that? <laughs> well, it, I could give you some insight into it if you wanted, but that's yeah. the kind of a female placating pattern you'll see a lot. Princess Diana was the extreme of it, you know, vulnerability <laughs> pattern. It's like, here's my jugular. Um, but it doesn't really matter why you do it. What matters is do you want to keep doing it, right? Right, and okay. what way of... Bodies become invisible. It's like the taste of your own mouth or... Like, am I wearing underpants right now? I actually, I'm not sure because they're comfortable ones. And I, you know, it's your embodiment's a bit like that. You know, like try crossing your arms. Cross them the other way.
2: Oh, God, you screwed yeah. me up on feels,
1: that one. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird, right? Oh, you do it with the fingers, you know, crossing your hands together. So your embodiment's actually kind of invisible, your habitual embodiment, your unconscious embodiment. So my job is to help make it a bit more visible, a bit more obvious, and bring people's patterns to light. And then rather than say you're broken or you're screwed, I mean, we're all screwed up, right? You have to be screwed up one way or another. Instead saying, you know, do I want to develop some range? Do I want to develop some choice? Maybe being impatient's good sometimes, like cut the crap, let's get on with it. But other times... You know, when someone's upset and you try to listen to them, you're like, come on, you know, maybe not. So this is, this is what I teach.
2: This is fabulous. I mean, I was watching some of your videos on your website to prepare for this episode. And I noticed that you have such a gift of reading people, which is something that Mandy and I are both very good at. We can be chameleons with, with whatever energy enters our space. I wanted to know, was that something that you have always had? With yeah. natural.
1: There's different skills in embodiment. One is self-awareness. Another one would be self-regulation, right? Like, I'm pretty stressed with the conference right now, but I probably don't come across that stressed to you, right? Even though we're two weeks out of a quarter of a million person event, okay? Because I'm self-regulating. That's a skill. Another skill we could say is body reading, yeah. And there's two levels there. One is just empathy, and some people are definitely more empathic. I'm not particularly. I mean, I'm not a psychopath. I'm kind of in the middle, you know? So it's like some people are just really naturally empathic. <laughs> <laughs> that can be a, actually be a problem for them you can actually be like taking on too much right so you have to get learn. like some of my clients i have to learn to turn that shit off because they're just absorbing everyone's anger and fear and bad feeling and it's nice to just be like boom you know and whereas other people need a little bit more training in that and so there's the empathy side and then we have the more cognitive side which is body reading so you know so for example i'm i was aware that one of you was leaning forwards and one of you was head tilting just to use the and about 10 other things just just they're like two that we've mentioned right so that's something i'm tracking and i'm not i'm not arrogant around it like you could have just like hurt your neck yesterday right in the gym right i don't know uh or it could be some cultural thing i don't understand yet about america aren't i don't know but i've got guesses because i've seen that pattern before Okay, so so when Manny started talking about impatience, and I'd already seen her kind of coming forwards, and you know, I'm like, I already had kind of an image of what that how that might be embodied for her, and, and then we started playing with that. So yeah, that's a skill you can get better. At. I think I spent some time in war zones and post conflict areas, and when people are pointing guns at you and shouting at you in African languages you don't speak, it's really important you start to understand what's going on in their body. So like that, I, you know, I've worked in some dangerous places like the favela slums of Brazil and Afghanistan and places like that. And that, I think that definitely tuned it to that, that radar. Because think about like our comfortable pre-COVID, nice, normal Western life. There's no real consequences for being a dumbass, right? Like, I mean, maybe you get hit by a car across <laughs> the road, but that, that's about about the only chance you know so yeah. it's, it's uh, I think having some like something like martial arts or something like living in war zones gives people a reason to be tuned in the other thing is I've just touched a lot of bodies and mm-hmm. partly in martial arts and partly just being very promiscuous before I got married <laughs> I'm gonna be <laughs> honest I lived in Brazil I would have been rude not to and um, like that just means because I've touched a lot of bodies you develop yeah. the skill to be able to look at someone and, and get a mm-hmm. sense of what they're doing
2: does that make
1: sense
2: a lot of bodies as well your body worker
1: yeah i'm a body worker yeah (laughs) (laughs) more ethical reasons so like a body worker you're like you as soon as you a good body worker puts hands on you right you know okay this one's a crier or, oh, this one's got a lot of stress. Or, oh, this one's nervous. Or, this one's sensitive, so I'm going to have to use a gentle touch. Or, oh, this one likes the elbow. You know, I'm going to have to really go going to have to work hard. So, good. yeah, a good body worker is feeling that. And you've got enough experience that you put hands on someone and you go, oh, one of them.
0: It's kind of the same with me when I'm, when I'm talking to people and doing some coaching of my own or helping people in recovery. But I'm not working with the body. I'm working with their emotions. Like I feel them out and I know, oh, I can just shoot the shit really fucking straight to this person and I don't have to sugarcoat it. Or I know that they're sensitive and I need to kind of like ease my way in.
1: <laughs> Great. I had that sense with you, Mandy. I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm also in recovery. I see different addicts' bodies, right? And some people are just full of shit and you're like, listen. It's your fucking responsibility. Stop making excuses. Other <laughs> people, it's just like, are you okay? You know, it's going to be okay. Let's just be nice. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like, as a coach, how fast I go, how hard I go, like how many jokes I make. Like, I kind of feel comfortable with you. I could probably make some pretty dirty jokes. And there's other clients I'm just like, nah, that's not going to land well. So sensitivity of being an embodied human, right, is you're feeling like what's necessary, what's useful.
0: And I'll be honest with you. I think I got a lot of that skill—bartending and uh, waitressing. I can imagine you as a
1: bartender.
0: People don't understand. Like you're really a chameleon, and you really get to know everyone and all different types of people when you're in that industry.
1: You know, I, I was just talking about. I used to be a bartender first in Cambridge, and then in, uh, and then in Ireland, uh, where my family are from. And it's very interesting because you sort of see the raw humanity. You see people at their most ugly, violent, hypersexual. Uh, aggressive you know you get to see all the emotions even in in England we're kind of buttoned down you know our emotions are like under the surface and then as soon as we get drunk it's (laughs) football hooligans you know so you really do learn something about humanity and it also gave me a sense of like how do I want to live like seeing drunk people night after night and I was one of those people at the time as well I'd be you know drunk after working every night Mm -hmm. and I'd go is that really the person I want to be is that the practice that's going to build the best Mark Walsh that I can build, and you know my conclusion was hell no eventually, and I, I knew it was a, a, not a I'm not demonising it for some people it saves their lives for some people they just have a glass of wine once a week and good for them, but for, certainly for me it wasn't it wasn't going to be helpful, so that's you know I quit.
2: I feel like you have set yourself aside looking at coaches. You have just more of a original and unique practice in what you teach and I don't think that I've really seen anything like it and so I feel like it's a very original and I want to talk about some of the really cool things that I thought that's why
1: can I say why
2: Oh please say why. Yes. Most
1: coaches are fucking boring, and the reason I is that photocopies of a few Americans. Wow. So the so most of the world is copying. Not even American West Coast Northern Californian particular airy bullshity style. And you know that's one style, right? But even for like I don't know, like a lady in New Jersey working in a bar, that's bullshit. Let alone for someone in Russia, in like. <laughs> So most coaches are completely inauthentic because they don't have the balls to be themselves. They think it's the safe option to copy someone else. And actually that's the least safe option because you end up as this weird photocopy of some other personality and your soul dies a little bit every day. And for me, it just, it just wasn't worth it. You know. From, I, just, I think I had an extended death meditation through my own addiction and through various work I did. And there was a certain corner I turned where I just went, oh, I, I don't give a shit. I have to be me. You know, it's like I've got gay friends in Russia and it's not so easy being gay in Russia. But a lot of them actually make a choice at a certain point. They go, you know what? Screw it. Um, I'm not going to keep hiding this, even though it's not so easy in Russia. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a time when we just have to go screw it. And actually, we, you know, I just constantly I see on Instagram and Facebook and all the rest of it, coaches saying the same old shit that they haven't mm-hmm. learned the hard way in their own lives. So, um, yes, please be yourselves.
2: Yeah, no, I, I can totally appreciate that. Some of the things, well, aside the fact that you focus a lot on the body, which I think that people often forget, and it's not just the moving of the body like yoga and the martial arts. Like you said, it was kind of the awareness of, and discernment of how your body feels. But you have tango, improv.
1: Okay, so in body, it has roots, right? Like, and they all teach you something different. Like I learned a certain discipline from Aikido, actually a certain sensitivity too, and then yoga teaches you something else, meditation yeah, something else. True body therapy something else improv comedy something else conscious dance or contact dance or tango something else so all these fields you can't master them all in a lifetime but you can taste them you know you could do a year of you could be dancing tango in a year you know go twice two nights a week for a year you'd be pretty good tango dancer i did that and i did cage fighting for a year and i did feldenkrais for a year i did improv for a year and you know i'll do something for a year and i'll get you know, the basics, the kind of not a black belt, but maybe an orange belt. Anything can be an embodied practice if you're developing yourself through that practice. So you okay, could do it. surfing just for fun, there's nothing wrong with that, or you could do surfing as an embodiment practice, right? Now, certain things have a tradition of being embodiment practices. It's, it's easier to make a Japanese martial art into an embodiment practice than it is, say, like a, going to LA Fitness because it's just a different culture, right? There's a culture of awareness in a dojo where there isn't necessarily in a gym. So we can talk about cultures, we can talk about uh, how we build awareness and ultimately like what embodiment do you want to build? So some people say, oh, I'm going to do Aikido because you did Aikido or I'm going to do Tango because it's cool. And I'll say, that's okay. And if it's, if it's the first art you're getting into, just do whatever floats your boat, have fun, whatever. Okay. But if people are a little bit more serious, I'd say, what's the way of being you want to develop Is it patience or is it impatience? Is it kindness or is it fierceness? Is it niceness? Like uh, one of my students, Erica, she has a course for women who are too nice. So her whole course is to help women who are too nice to have better boundaries and be a bit more kick-ass. Now that's not what I need. I don't need a course for women who are too nice. I need something else. Right. So it's like, this is where we need to be a little bit, as you said before, discerning. And I I think discernment is becoming a critical skill because there's so much out there. There's so many good, so much good stuff on the internet. So many Zoom classes now. So how do we choose? And that would be one orientation to how to choose.
2: I also love that you teach interpersonal skills. But even something as simple and fun as flirting, which I thought was so <laughs> freaking fun. It raises your vibration. Talk about that.
1: Okay, so flirting. So flirting is embodiment skill, right? like tuning into someone else is this gonna be well received and that's always a risk and it's normally the man who's making the risk even in 2020 but at least you can make a guess right is this gonna be well received and also it's a body play you certain cultures like i've lived in like brazil or france flirting is just happening all the time you know a friend of mine in france said it's a french man isn't flirting with you be offended right like that's just normal or like my friends, I lived in Brazil and in Brazil there's just the sensuality that's there. That you know, in England or maybe most of North America it just isn't there. Yeah, there's that Linda, tudo bem, It's it's like a whole way of being. Like I got back from Brazil and my mum was like, Where did you get those hips? You know, Cause like I was moving in this different yeah. way, right? And, but that also could be a problem. Like I had one Brazilian student who was constantly being missing. She was uh, working in America in a major airline and she would constantly be misinterpreted by people. Yeah. Right?
2: Well, because so, it can be innocent. I mean, it can be not innocent. But I mean, <laughs> for me, I feel like a lot of it is just personality.
1: With women, with with everyone. Oh, I flirt with old ladies and gay guys. They're my favorite to flirt with. Like, oh, my God,
2: yes. I love little <laughs> old men. My favorite.
1: So much fun because you can have all the fun without the consequences. Um, so, yeah, I mean, flirting is an embodied skill and people can definitely get better at it. And, you know, this I'm not saying I'm a master, it for sure. You, and I've screwed it up at times, definitely. But um, that is a skill. And, you know, I have, you know, gives... I will have a practice of complimenting people, for example. You know, I have a student who's, I had one student who was just terrible with the opposite sex, just terrible. And he was like, one time he was really clever guy, like genius level guy. And he said, last night I was in tears with my mother because she said she realized she would never have grandchildren because I can't speak to women. And I went, meet me at the beach tomorrow at 10 a.m. This is in Tel Aviv, okay? And first thing we did is I taught him a centering exercise. I said, this is how you calm yourself down. Put your feet on the floor, bend your knees, breathe with your belly. This guy was a genius and no one had ever taught him that. And he was like, oh, I feel better. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, now go tell that old lady she has beautiful hair or beautiful eyes. And he went and did that. Oh. And I went, oh. and then he was like, how was that? He said, cool. I said, now go tell that young woman he'd find attractive. And he was like okay, um, you have your advice, thanks, and then just run away. But and it was like, <laughs> that's the first time in my life I've ever done that, you know? And then, then by the end of it, me and him are, you know, flirting with twins and all the rest of it. So him, the pressure was flirting. For someone else, the pressure might be a job interview, it might be talking on a stage, it might be running a conference, it might be the screaming kids. I mean, we all have pressures, right? For some of us, find flirting easy, and, other, you know, I've always been a natural at that. There's other things that I've found hard, like not getting drunk every night, Mandy. Right. Like for me, that was the thing I needed to learn the self-regulation around.
0: Yeah, I needed to learn how to not get drunk every night and morning.
1: (laughs) And morning. You're a morning drinker too. Awesome. So like addiction would be another area. So we could keep going between these different, you know, between these different areas and embodiment skill sets. We're all on a spectrum of one kind or another. Right. Now, some of us may be diagnosable as addict, autistic, ADHD. And don't, don't hear my jokes as lack of compassion, because this is my family in different ways. We've got everything. One reason I'm so interested in this stuff. But they're all scales. And mostly what they are is, and there's wiring involved, right? Like I probably have a gene for alcoholism, because my dad was the same as me. But there's also skill sets. If I can learn to self-regulate better, right? Like, that's going to help me with my addictive issues. If my cousin who's Asperger's can learn some slightly to tune into other people a bit better, that's going to help his social skills. And we're all starting from different places. But I think most people are settling for kind of a very low level, like the average person's ability to manage their, uh, like their anger or their uh, depression or their anxiety, or whatever, it's so low level. And it's easy to use external things to, to pick us up and to calm us down. But this is, a, this is a birthright. This is a set of skills you can learn.
0: I also noticed that when I was on your website, you do extensive nonviolent communication training. And when I thought of that, of course, I thought about, you know, 2020 and the issues around how police and people confront each other. And I was like, whoa, so let's talk about that for a minute. What is that?
1: Yeah, you okay, Shana? You look like you spaced out a minute. I just want to check you're okay. <laughs> I was
0: just trying. I was trying to
1: listen. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's, hard yeah. it's hard listening. It's hard listening. It's annoying. Who wants to listen? No, just checking you're okay. Okay. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I want to be. You know, I want to be tuned in with the people I'm speaking with. It's a system. A guy called Marshall Rosenberg invented it. It's not my expertise. I have had some training in it. There are no, something called embodied peace building as well, which my mentor from Ohio, Paul Linden, uh, founded, which is a very useful system. I think in the world we're in today, the ability to listen, to step out of our own points of view, uh, to depolarize I mean, your country's on the verge of a civil war. I mean, mm-hmm. you're heading in a direction which is not good.
0: Yeah, can we come live with you for during the election? <laughs> yeah,
1: no problem. Yeah, listen, I'm gonna be in London during the embodiment conference, so my house will be free. My wife won't mind. If you bring your cat, my wife will be okay with it, okay? She okay. doesn't really like loud people, but if you bring a cat and don't talk, she'll be happy, okay? Yeah, but I mean jokes aside, it's scary times, right? The polarization, everyone's anxious because of COVID, people's economy has been wrecked, and there's a low level of like disembodiment and agitation people are othering very easily now now you don't know if i'm super liberal or super conservative right so you could but you could other me very easily by saying oh he's one of those woke lefties or he's one of those conservative blah 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 blah. yeah and actually i'm kind of you know depends on the issue i always say i'm liberal sexually but conservative on my taxes you know so it's it's like it's complex so i would say as soon as we cognitively put these people in boxes, we've lost already. And also the dysregulation, like people are screaming about whether it's anti-abortion or pro-life. If you're screaming about it, no one's listening. No one cares. You're just upsetting people. You're just alienating people. Whatever your point of view. Notice again, I'm not taking a side here. I'm saying sides are a bad idea. Um, and you don't want to go the route of civil war. I've studied a lot of history. And you know what I see... The the tendency of alienation, othering, uh, and now leading to violence with this backdrop of sort of COVID mild trauma, not good, not good. So I hope we pull back from that brink. And I think embodiment is a part of that. The trauma work of embodiment, the self-regulation work, the intimacy work. And God, being able to have a sense of humor, like I worry if like, even the jokes we've made on the podcast today, which are fairly mild, I, I worry right. that- People are going to be like, you know, if guys, if you're offended, deal with it.
2: Well, and and that's why I actually could really appreciate last night. I was on your website and I did subscribe because I wanted to get this ebook called Working with Normal People, a Guide for Hippies, Just was magnificent. It was written for me. Thank you
1: very much, Mark. (laughs) Uh, Working with Normal People, a Guide for Hippies. That's a funny book also with the conference i actually because it's self-published i can actually give the pdf away which i couldn't if it was published this is embodiment moving your mindfulness which is my main book which is on amazon and all the rest of it and we actually give that away for free when people sign up with the conference now um my attitude has always been both as a business person be generous it comes back to you you get your business karma, and also just i want this stuff to be out there like i want people like we've got Mm -hmm translation into nine other, nine languages for the embodiment conference. Awesome. So people awesome. were talking about trauma can I be honest, Arabic, Ch- you know, Chinese, Mandarin, Hindi, Russian, Brazilian Portuguese, French, German, it's all there because I feel like the world really needs to hear this stuff. And not just my point of view, like the Great. conference is a thousand points of view and really do- very diverse. You know, when we talk about diversity, we don't just mean different colors of American. We mean different points of view from different parts of the world, different perspectives, Uh, yes we you know we look at the normal kind of diversity kind of uh, criteria but much more than that you know for me to put that out to the world free of charge i mean we only charge for the recordings if people want so basically the business model is we make it free to everyone probably half a million people will turn up and then you know one percent of those will buy the recordings which will pay back the one million dollars i've invested so um that's that's the slightly mental business model but i like that model because it means it's accessible to people
0: Well, let's talk about this conference because I'm blown away by it. Uh, I mean, you're just offering so much. You have over a thousand speakers. It starts October 14th. It goes through the 25th. Can you talk about some of the speakers that you'll have there and the different areas of the conference yes
1: yeah, so we've got 10 different areas so it's like meditation martial arts dance trauma is a very popular one people like um body uh, people like pete levine gabble Mate, stephen porges they're very popular we've got the embodied leadership track so those people that li- like listening to like coaching and leadership people like richard strozzi heckler Wendy you palmer uh, there's people from the yoga world so like anyone who's anyone in yoga pretty much like the most famous kind of you know best known yoga people plus on top of all the best known people we want to give the kids a chance the young up and coming people the people in africa and russia and singapore um you know it's a truly global event it's 24 hours a day and there's 10 channels running simultaneously so if you're interested in body mind stuff you can think of it like the best free tv channel for 10 days you could imagine and then if people want to buy the recordings they can then have to wow so much so
2: where do people find that
1: they go to theembodimentconference.org, the embodimentconference.org, or they could probably just put embodiment conference into Google. As I said, it's completely free to all. Uh, it's kind of like my Mount Everest, you know, like people are like, oh, I'll come next year. I'm like, dude, this is not going to be a next year. This is a one-off. This is, this is something we're doing that's really unreasonably epic. And we had to a 50,000 pound computer systems and clever Israelis designed specially just so you can find what you want. Because the risk, of course, be like, hey, I'm going to get overwhelmed. I'm not going to, get to see everything. No, you're not. But what you can do is use the computer portal we've built, and you can say, right, I want a beginner's trauma session on Tuesday that isn't too active. And it's like bing bing bing, two sessions come up, you know. So the computer system makes the whole thing manageable. You can save things into your diary. We've got learning lists so you can decide what you want to learn about. You know, you might say, I'm interested in addiction. You might say I'm interested in coaching. And then you can find exactly what you want on the computer system. So it's um it's quite a venture. And as a as a leader, it's been a step up for me. You know, I'm used to doing trainings of 30 or 40 people, or maybe doing a talk to a few hundred and this is just a whole nother scale, you know? So um, it's an interesting personal growth process as a leader for sure.
2: Congratulations, that's amazing. I know that one person that stuck out that Nancy and I talk often about is Tara Brock. We really appreciate her practice. Tara's awesome.
1: Jack Kornfield, other meditators that are coming. Sharon Salzberg is absolutely lovely. Dan Segal, Leslie Kamenoff from the yoga world. Kathy uh, Booker from New York does great breath work. Irene Lyons, uh, Tammy Simon from Soundshoe, Ken Wilber, who's kind of big philosopher. Daria Halperin from the dance world. Joseph Goldstein, another great meditator. Kirsten Neff, another meditator. Uh, Michaela Bowen, who's more from the kind of intimacy world. Uh, all the founders of all the big conscious dance schools. Liz Koch, who does uh, trauma stuff. Richard and Mary, Richard Freeman, Mary Taylor from the yoga world esha eckhart i mean it, it's ridiculous It's like, and this it?
0: really fucking funny guy named mark walsh
1: <laughs> <laughs> not, not everyone laughs at me it's unbelievable what? that's I've bullshit like, bullshit isn't it i'm on yeah. best behavior i'm trying to be on best behavior because it's like
0: when no. i'm doing my
1: thing i can just be rude but when i'm being the host of the conference, I try and be a little bit you know, better by it.
0: No. Hey, you know what? And then after that, for some reason, I just pictured you on Dancing with the Stars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I you, after the conference, my ass is on a beach for two or three weeks drinking non-alcoholic margaritas and getting daily Thai massage. That's my plan for after the conference, okay?
0: I just uh, wanted to also say that I really appreciated your video that I found on your story on the fake couch. I think your story <laughs> offers a lot of hope. Fake
1: my fight, cats. and yeah, true. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I did too. That was a great. I think your story offers a lot of hope. I mean, you were uh, drunk at, at almost 16 years old. You got in a bad car accident. You walked into a couple of meetings, and by 27, you started your own company. I mean, fucking kudos. And that offers hope to a lot of the younger generation that is feeling stuck right now and lost. So I loved your story. We, you know, on Since of Soul, always have people on that have turned pain into purpose and you have taken that to a whole nother level. So thank you for putting your light out into the world. And um, we're just glad. I don't even know how I fucking found you, to be honest. I was on on Instagram and I was just looking around and then I saw your face and then I- Who's that good looking
1: British guy? (laughs) (laughs) let's get him on oh my god it's been a pleasure and do you want to know who my favorite is yes (laughs) (laughs) my friend brooke mcnamara in boulder colorado has a dodge show with her best friend and at the end of it you have to vote for one of them (laughs) brutal well we do
2: have something that you have to do
0: at the end of ours though and now it's time for break that
1: shit down just to speak to point, I want to say to anyone out there listening that if you are, you know, deep in drug addiction or you, you know, you were born with some squirky gene, you know, whether you're blonde or brunette, okay. Whether you're American or British, or whatever you've been born with, like there's possibilities, right? There's possibilities. And, you know, like, I really feel like I'm living a life of purpose right now and a, you know, beautiful wife, pretty healthy, um, money in the bank. It's like, feel good. And, I'm not saying I have a stress-free life, a purposeful life can be quite intense and stressful at times, but it's certainly meaningful. And I, I just say for the kids, go for meaning, don't go for impress your friends, don't go for being woke and trying to you know, say the right things to appease people, uh, go for what's meaningful for you, whatever that is, and I, I just encourage everyone to get some kind of a body practice as well, You know, whether it's yoga or dance or martial arts, whatever floats your boat, that, that will improve your life to have some kind of embodied practice yeah it might just be taking a breath here and there walking barefoot on the grass for five minutes and feeling your feet on the ground it might just be leaning back in your chair mandy when you're finding yourself getting patient you know like it might be these little things i don't want people to come away with the idea they have to be a super athlete or go and dance with the stars you know like embodiment can be small things and I just encourage people to take a look at the embodiment conference, the embodiment org, the books on Amazon. If they're interested, just look up. If you Google embodiment, you're going to find my podcast and my book and the conference and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah. And there's loads of free stuff out there. Loads of other good people in the space, not just me. So I just want to encourage people to do that.
0: Awesome. We really appreciate you.
1: you. Loads of fun. Loads of fun. Yeah. I blondes or brunettes. I don't know which way to go now. <laughs> <like> you both think <laughs> so awesome.
0: Yeah. I know we're pretty rad.
1: (laughs) This has been fun.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Have a good one.
1: Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
2: Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.